here we are well welcome everybody whoever is here and whoever is gonna watch the recording later on uh the ones of you who know me know that i've already done all my prayers in in uh, before so we can start talking also because last time we had a few glitches so let's just um start right away um First of all, I'd like to uh, thank everybody who has been pushing me to give classes because it's a very purifying service and um, I'm humbled by the realizations I've had over these uh, weeks. I haven't prepared anything because <laughs> that's the kind of person I am, but I've just been thinking about how the earth can be seen as our guru and uh, the amount of... Um, uh, realizations and like connections I've made in my mind again not in my mind but based on the scriptures and the teachings of my own guru it, uh, it, it's an astounding um, number of realizations so I'm gonna try and uh, share them all with you uh, now last time we had some uh, problems like I said and um, the class went all over the place this time and in the following times because uh, these uh, 25 24 gurus are 24 so there's a lot to talk about and I don't think I'll even have time to say everything I want to say about the earth as our guru but um, like I said there's a lot to talk about so let's begin um, however I will be repeating the overarching teaching as I call it which is um, what I made sure I said the last time, that it doesn't really matter. Well, it's not that it doesn't matter, but I, I try to understand how I'm saying. These, uh, this list of gurus in the Bhagavatam is there to show you, like I said, the overarching teaching. Like it doesn't matter that the moth the child the prostitute is our guru and that we have to like look for prostitutes and, and see what they have to teach us the overarching teaching is that you can see your guru everywhere uh, like krishna says in the bhagavatam krishna himself says in the 11th canto i'm pretty sure acharyam mambijanyat one should think of the guru as myself or one should think of me as the guru works either way so and krishna is all pervasive he's everywhere so it goes it stands to reason that we could see the guruness the teaching and ultimately krishna in any expression of the absolute including the material creation so that's something that you should keep in mind as i ramble about the earth and the sky and the water and the and the moth however today we're talking about the earth and uh, please don't think of um, what I'm going to say as dictated by arrogance, but I will be skipping the translation and the purport in the Bhagavatam because they're there and you can read them. Or I, I assume that you've already read them. So they're there and we can build on them. But uh, I'll be giving you everything else that can be drawn from seeing the earth uh, as uh, your guru or seeing your guru in the earth. So, um, the way I prepared, which is, I didn't prepare, I just did my prayers and then I've just been thinking a lot, is by uh, evocative words, like 
I see the earth and I see all these um, terms and, uh, and um, ideas or archetypes and I try to see them in relation to the Guru. So when you think of earth, you think of solidity, of stability, of uh, permanence, and on and on and on. So I'll be, I'll be going over these uh, words. And of course, if there is room and, and time at the end, we can read the actual verse and draw more out of it too. Um, the only, not problem, but you know, the, the reason why I'm skipping the verses, the verses is that they tend to be a little dry, just, uh, you know, this um, Avadhuta who's talking to Yadu Maharaj, and I assume you know the context of these verses too, is um, very much talking like um, a jnani or in very generic terms, like, you know, the earth, taught me forbearance and um but like i said let, let, let's put more juice into this uh, this verse and, and these uh, analysis so starting from the earth as our guru the first idea you get is well first of all notice how um all the elements all the five elements are present in this list of 24 gurus we have the earth the air or yeah the wind the air the water and uh, the fire and then the sky the sky means the ether the ether is that one element where everything rests the one element element that pervades everything so when they say sky it means uh, space outer space you know it includes planets with their solidity with their liquid element with their fire you know stars explosions and stuff air when there is air so that goes to show that you almost cannot not think of Sri Guru or of your own Guru because, you know, these are the, consti the, 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 the basic constituents of physical matter. So as a practitioner, um, starting from a, from a point of view of, uh, for, you know, starting from the perspective of an embodied soul in a, in a, in a physical human body, we cannot do away with the experience of um, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. <laughs> Whether we are aware of them or not, they just we breathe them, we stand on them, and we use them and see them all the time. So that is uh, that connects to the overarching point that basically Sri Guru is everywhere, and the potential is there for us to draw teaching from everything because the Guru is Krishna, and Krishna is everywhere. Water break. So, um, it's true that we cannot live without air, but breathing is part of our nervous system. Um, forgive me if I don't know the um, medical terminology. I'm pretty sure it's the. Oh. I'm drawing a blank, but it's, uh, you know, there are two parts of the, to the nervous system. One is automatic and the other one is not. So breathing is part of that um, uh, nervous system that we cannot control. We have this instinct to breathe. Even when we're underwater and we know intellectually that we cannot breathe, we have this like last instinct to draw in air to survive. And that's when we drown. But anyway, <laughs> so breathing kind of goes in the background of our experience. And so does the earth. How many of us are aware of the earth? 
but see how pervasive the earth and you know all the expressions of the earth you can see me looking around because all i see is earth earth is the name we gave to the planet we stand on so one realization or one thought i had is that yeah um life comes from water obviously because only water has that um well as far as we know because you know there's talk of satellites and uh, trips to mars and we'll touch on that later but uh as far as we know only water has that um property of um spreading communication and and uh, elements between molecules and then they become cells etc etc of course i'm not making a, a, metaphys a metaphysical uh, point here uh, whether it's the soul entering matter or whether life comes out of matter but life for sure harbors i'm sorry matter for sure uh, harbors life so in that sense i'm saying that life comes from matter from the earth so like i was saying it's true that water is really where life takes place but for all intents and purposes like i said we called our planet earth not water even if it's the only planet that we know of where water is present and therefore life um if you take planet earth supposing it's as big as an orange or a ball and you were to stick your finger in the deepest part of the pacific ocean you wouldn't even sink your 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 fingertip would just barely get wet like i would touch a wet um table to show how much earth <laughs> there is in earth how prominent the earth is even if it's covered in water and of course when the time comes for me to analyze water as the guru i'll be saying the best things about the water and how what we can see water is our guru but now i'm making the case for earth so um we have a an intrinsic relation with earth we stand on it we sleep on it even we, if we are on the 125th floor of a skyscraper on a raised bed they're all resting on earth we have an intrinsic relation with earth that sustains us it's like the physical touch that we cannot do away with yes we can swim but we cannot live water is not our element yes we can paraglide we can you know uh be touching an airplane which is not touching anything but we cannot live there we cannot function there but the earth we always have a contact whether we're standing or sitting or lying so imagine if you could have the same relationship you have with earth with your guru the moment you see your the earth you're like oh yeah i have a relationship with earth i'm standing on it i'm growing food on it i'm using it to walk around we don't think about it but imagine if we become aware of it and we become aware of our guru we we transform the intrinsic relationship we have with earth now we transform it like imagine if we had the same relationship in guru seva that no matter what we do we we are like we're connected we have that touch like i said we're always touching earth or something that's touching earth so that's something that doesn't happen with any other element and uh, earth is rightly the first element mentioned because um i mean yes in order of creation 
it all started from sound and sound propagates in ether and then it gets thicker and thicker and thicker air fire water and earth but from our point of view solidity is the most prominent um, aspect of reality to the point that you know over the centuries people uh, what's it called physicalism they, they wouldn't accept electromagnetic um, electromagnetism you know Alessandro Volta who is the inventor of the the what's it called the pile you know the battery um, he had a hard time in the academia I think in in, in Paris he had a hard time convincing people that there was this electromagnetic field moving things because you know even the scientists for over the centuries were just very much connected to the physicality of things because like i said it's, it's apparent we cannot do without it and so we should feel the same way about our guru it should be our point of reference you know they say even when you fall when you touch uh, rock bottom you use the same rock bottom you say that you use the same ground to lift yourself so our guru should be our point of reference um, no matter what now it's true that our own guru in particular says I'm not a psychologist so it's better if you go consult a, a specialist for whatever you know discipline or, or anything that happens to you if you break your leg you don't come to me to ask if you need to put it in a cast but um, in, in a broader sense I'm saying we should have our guru as our reference for everything and uh, imagine if we could live our life in Guru Seva with the same naturality that we interact with Earth. We don't even realize it. So imagine if we could live a life where we don't even think, mm, is that Guru Seva? Is that good for me? No, it's like obviously, obviously we see a relationship. So uh, Earth is the first element because Earth is the first, uh, the first element in the list because it's the first element that. Um, uh, like I said, it's the most prominent we interact with. And because Earth stands for beginning. Um, like I said, it's our turf. We're not air creatures. We don't live. Our element is not the air, the air or the water. If I were to give a class to fish and I was a fish, I would say, I would speak differently. But the human uh, reality, the human experience is very much connected to the Earth. Everything starts from the earth. Everything we do, we do it on earth. Um, and then, of course, there's the element of birth, um, generation, the seeds, and uh, the mother, uh, motherly aspect of earth. Uh, you may know that the Australian Abor Aborigines have a sense, and I'm sure not only them, but like these... Um, quote-unquote primitive cultures just for the sake of expediency um, they have a sense that we're all children of the earth I am as much as the kangaroo as much as the tree like Arugumraj says we're all in this forever and we might as well cooperate we might as well deal with one another and um, and learn how to live forever in harmony and that's, you know, very, um, it's the opposite to the, say, modern white um, 
uh, Western man mentality of me lording it over uh, the earth. Now, I don't want to make a crusade uh, against the, the Bible or the Abrahamic traditions, but in Genesis, there is this feeling of, I give you, man, every herb for you to cure yourself and every animal. Also, there is a controversy about the translation, but anyway, it's like the world is there for the man for men to enjoy. And my first, uh, when I was a kid, I was like, what about penguins? Why would the Lord, in, you know, create penguins in the South Pole that weren't discovered for centuries? But anyway, um, <clears throat> so I preferred that mentality of we're all children of the earth. And um, so the earth as the beginning, going back to the Guru, it is said, uh, what is this? What is said? Adau Guruvashraya. At the beginning, there should be taking shelter of the Guru. So you can see there's a link between the earth as the beginning of everything, where everything uh, originates, everything we build, everything we grow, everything we do. There has to be earth, <laughs> you know, for, for earth is the turf, is the element in which everything is born, everything is created. So uh, there's a link between the, the earth as the beginning and the fact that the Guru should be the beginning of our spiritual life and uh, the beginning consideration you know what would Jesus do what would my guru do what would my guru say or what did my guru tell me to do so that should be the first consideration um, now I said the earth as the mother usually the guru is seen as the father even in astrology the fifth house is that a father or guru I think the fourth house is the mother um, but Without the Guru, I guess we could run into the scriptures. But, you know, we can really take advantage of the scriptures thanks to our Guru. Now, the Vedas do the opposite case. <laughs> the Vedas say that the Vedas are the mother and the mother is the one who can tell who the father is. But that's in relation to Krishna. Like the Vedas are the mother telling you that Krishna is the origin of everything. But uh, just bear with me. I'm just making analogies in the context of um, Buddha Yoga. You know, how Buddha Yoga is uh, seen as Bhakti Yoga, as a, a synonymous with uh, Bhakti Yoga. In using your intelligence, Buddhi, in union, Yoga, with the Absolute and drawing, hopefully, realized conclusions. But of course, the Guru and the scriptures have to be there. That's why last time I was saying that, yes, this Avadhuta instructing Yadu Maharaj was saying, I see the moth as my guru, I see the prostitute as my guru. But I'm pretty sure he had a guru too. It's very, very unlikely that you go to the point of becoming an Avadhuta and a self-realized soul just from analyzing the world around you without anybody kind of like instilling if anything, if nothing else, a curiosity or if, you know, imparting knowledge straight away about what's what. And then, of course, once you have the seed of knowledge, you can see, you know, your guru everywhere and God everywhere. But I can, I can, I can assure you that in and of themselves, you can, you can interact with prostitutes and moths and children and pigeons all your life and not draw any conclusion. 
So the Guru is something else. We can see the Guru in these things, but these things are not Sri Guru in and of themselves. The Guru is inside and outside as the actual Guru. But anyway, let, let's not say Guru <laughs> for five minutes um, and go back to the Earth. So, Earth as the beginning. And um, now, one of the thoughts I had, since I was talking about astrology, is that, you know, this um, characteristic of solidity, of, <clears throat> of uh, uh, you know, this um, static nature of Earth, made me remember, reminded me of um, cartomancy or the tarot. In the tarot, the number four, is a very static one when you get a, a number four of anything cups and ones and spades and all those um, suits it's always a static meaning uh, four is usually represented in a square because you know you have the four angles the four corners and it's always a static meaning so it has this sense of like there to stay and guru means heavy so uh, again more and more analogies the earth is there to stay it's the beginning and it's solid it ain't gonna go anywhere yes it floats in space but we don't know that the the the, the immediate experience of mankind is that earth is what you can count on it's your your rock on which <laughs> what is what did jesus say uh something like simon i'm gonna call you peter which in latin means rock because on, on this rock i'll found my church something like that so solidity, something you can count on. And um, um, where was I going with that? So the number four in the tarot. Now, Vishnu presides, going back to Jyotish, Vishnu, who has four, four hands, incidentally, presides over the number four. So the fourth house, the eighth house, and the twelfth house. I don't know what the fourth and eighth stand for. Uh, I think the fourth is the mother, like I said. I don't remember what the eighth house stands for. But uh, somehow Vishnu presides over the multiples of four. And Shiva presides over the multiples of three. So the third, the sixth, the ninth, and the twelfth house. The twelfth house is the house of liberation. It's the conclusion of the cycle. The first house is the, the birth, like I said, the body. When we take a body, the beginning. And the twelfth house is the demise of it all, the end. So, in the terms of material existence, material well, existence, the twelfth house represents liberation. So, both Vishnu and Shiva preside over the twelfth house because they can both give liberation. Now, um, and what does Vishnu preside over also? is uh, sattva, maintenance, sustenance, like I said. Again, these words will be coming over and over. You'll be hearing me talking about sustenance and nourishment and stability and solidity. And we'll just be, I hate to say that word because it's overused, but we'll be churning these words and getting, see what comes out of, you know, these words. Um, so sattva stands to reason why Vishnu, or an aspect of Vishnu, as seen as the Gunavatar, stands over sattva because as, um, you know, uh, formidable creation and destruction is, it only takes one moment, 
It only takes, what, one day to be born, several hours, one second before you weren't born, now you're born. It only takes one hour to die, but what matters is what you do between birth and death, how you sustain, your, how you carry your yourself in life. So Vishnu um, presides over this sustenance. You can start something. We started so many things in Madhuvan that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they went, but we start all right. And then destruction almost happens by itself. But to sustain something, to keep it alive, to keep it valid, is where the the goodness is. Sattva is also goodness. Now, you probably all know what um, the gunas are, but again, we don't know who's going to log into this uh, this video in the future. So, um, sattva, sustenance. And uh, Dharma, there's a link with Dharma too, right? You know, Vishnu appears to preserve Dharma, to reestablish Dharma. And uh, the earth, one of the names for the earth is Dharani. Dharani means that holds you. Dharati means to hold. And Dharma is a noun drawn by the same um, root, which means that one thing removing which something wouldn't hold together so i don't know they say the dharma of uh, water is liquidity you remove liquidity to water you can't call it water anymore so it's that one pin that holds it all together that's dharma so in human society well dharma means you know what dharma means it's translated as religion because religion is a set of rules and codes and behaviors and mentalities that hold society together so that it can go towards the goal of uh, liberation. And the earth is called Dharani. Now, that's bizarre if you think, so should I think as the guru, as of my guru, as uh, the earth that I step on? <laughs> like, it's bizarre, right? Um, <clears throat> in our deity worship book, there is a there's a mantra of um, where we beg forgiveness we we beg mother earth for forgiveness because we have to step on it when we get out of bed you know it says uh, put your right foot first on the ground because the right part of the of the brain is of the brain of the body is better somehow <laughs> energetically and um, well you know because of the duality if there if we conceive of a dual world there must be positive and negative, good and bad. So one must be one and must one must be the other. So the right side is um, incidentally the masculine one. But um, anyway, you put your right foot on the ground and you say a certain mantra, which I'm sorry, I never cared to, to memorize, but I like the concept. I like the, the, the um, how would you say, the attitude. Oh, that's nice. I mean, imagine waking up making sure you put your right foot on the ground while saying a mantra where you ask for forgiveness to Mother Earth for stepping on her. That is a to that's going to shape your day in a totally different way than somebody who just mindlessly steps out of bed to go about their business and see who should I have the upper hand on. You know, like that verse in the in the Bhagavad Gita describing the demonic nature. Yesterday I conquered that enemy, and today I'm going to conquer that other enemy. So it's something I've always appreciated about the Vedic um, 
um, say, outlook and mentality that they want us to have. So, yes, ideally we want to step out of bed and, and ask the earth for forgiveness because we have to step on earth on a good day to execute uh, devotional service. So in the same way, um, you know, think of the Guru as, you know, dharana, not because you step on it, because it's the last of the thoughts a, a spiritual practitioner would want to have, step on your, on your Guru. But think of the Guru holding you, you know, like, like Hanuman um, is holding the, the... Gee, what is the mountain called? I can't remember the name of the mountain, but anyway... Um, the Guru is sustaining you in your uh, spiritual life in that way. So you can think of the earth sustain us, sustaining life, sustaining all of us, and you can think of the Guru in the same way. Again, your, your, your point of reference, your, you know, your, what is that thing? There's a saying about the rock, my hard rock, your something. Yeah, the rock you can count on. Um... So, let's see, I made the point of Vishnu, Dharma, Sattva, and um, Mother, Father, Solidity. So, um, Guru means heavy. So, in the Bhagavatam, when the earth is equated, not equated, but when the Guru is seen through earth, there are two more examples given as part of the same uh, point, two sub-points. There's the mountain and the tree. So you can see they all express this, you know, gurutva. Gurutva means heaviness, guruness. This quality of it ain't gonna go anywhere. So it also has to do with the shraddha, faith. Nishta also, stability. You can look at the earth and you can look at the mountains. I wish I could move the camera, but you're going to see my messy garden. Um, and there are mountains. These mountains are not going to go anywhere. You look at the sky and you see clouds. The sky is blue. The sky is gray. It's white. It's black. It's full of stars. It's clear. But the earth is there to stay. Yes, you can see the trees growing, but it's the same tree. It's, you know, trees don't move normally. Um, so of all elements, earth is the one meditating upon which that should remind you of my guru and of the prospect of nishta, of the firm faith that you should have to uh, do anything. Like, you know, sometimes they explain faith precisely with this example. They say, when you wake up in the morning, you do so knowing that the earth is going to hold you. You don't think, am I going to you know, fall forever as soon as I put my feet off, as soon as I get off the bed? Is the earth going to uh, open and I'm going to be uh, sinking or falling forever? No, we have this minimal act of faith that the earth will hold me. So that's uh, what faith is. Faith, shraddha, also means uh, positivity. And it's the force, that, that uh, strength, that uh, causes us to, to act, to do anything. If we do anything, is where we trust something to be in place. 
otherwise we will be in suspended animation. Uh, doubt is the opposite of uh, faith. So faith that the, that the ground will hold us all the way to faith that if I apply this method uh, you know, in our very narrow niche of Gaudiya Vaishnavas who have accepted the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if I apply this method based on the holy names and this practice and I take shelter of the Guru and the scriptures and, uh, you know, and Krishna, I have faith that I will uh, achieve the goal all the way to uh, Braja Bhakti. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, um, let's see, what was I saying? Earth is another um, set of words that come in mind when you think of Earth is um, land, right? Earth is land, landscape, terrain, um, turf, like we say, your turf. I was talking about dharma, and there is a verse in the in the in the Bhagavad Gita saying that it's better to use it's it's better to execute your dharma, albeit imperfectly, than do somebody else's dharma. So the earth represents our turf. That's where we can do everything. Incidentally, earth also represents potential. Any number of seed can germinate the moment you put it in the earth. And uh, so, again, from the point of view of human experience, earth means infinite potential. Because anything that can happen, chances are it will happen on earth or in relation to the earth. Yes, things happen in space too, but uh, like I said, bear with me. These are analogies. These are not um, absolute facts. These are just triggers to our buddhi yoga triggers for us to use our intellect instead of uh, for the pursuit of sense gratification we use our intellect in relation to our cause and our ultimate destination and just churn these ideas and these thoughts so that we can make something good out of our life you know that would be satvaguna that would be how you carry out your life i was saying that being born and dying is practically out of our um, control. But the duration of our life, the sattva, the sustenance, how we sustain our life is what matters. So the best application, the best way to lead one's life is in this sort of uh, absorption, in this sort, in this sort of uh, dissertation and, you know, getting lost in thoughts. My Guru Maharaj is uh, fond of uh, saying how Srila uh, Sridhar Maharaj used to be, uh, you know, much of a thinker. He would sit on his veranda and just contemplate uh, life and put two and two together and then come up with these um, mind-blowing statements like Om is a big yes and uh, so many things he said. Okay, so what was I saying? That the earth is um, the turf. So... Um, for human beings, earth is our terrain. We should act in our terrain. Yes, it's fine to paraglide. Yes, it's fun to snorkel, 
to function in water, to func function in air. I don't suggest you try to function in fire, but um, earth is where we belong. So the teaching is that we should do what our dharma is, what our seva is, what our call is in this lifetime, because um, it, it's only going to be a, an, an extra endeavor with no assured success if we do otherwise. So this is not the deepest of teachings, but again, you can look at the earth and think of your guru, think of Vishnu, think of, you know, sustenance and um, and beginnings, potential, like I said, infinite potential, and also uh, of this verse of the Bhagavad Gita. Just by stepping on the earth, you can be reminded of the Bhagavad Gita. But I was also saying landscape. Um, yes, the stars can provide a landscape, I guess it would be called seascape or spacecape. Yes, you can use the sky for orientation, but you don't always see uh, the sky. And yes, on a foggy day, you don't see the land either. But let's talk in terms of percentage. For the most part, the earth is your point of reference. If you want to go from A to B, you're like, well, okay, there's the, the, the road here, and I know that there's going to be a curve, and after that rock, this and that, it's, uh, it gives you your bearings, your orientation. And, uh, and so does the guru, right? Sambandha jnana comes from the guru. The guru gives you a conceptual orientation. You are not the body, you are a soul, and your origin is uh, God, who is made of the same substance, who is also spirit, and this and that. This is, in, you know, this is here, this is there, on account of this. It, the guru sets the scene, or say the landscape, for you to navigate through life. And again, our Guru Maharaj, for those of us who are part of my, my congregation, is fond of saying that when you go to the mall, there's a map that says um, you are here. No, there's a map that tells you where everything is. Suppose you want to go to, well, not McDonald's, uh, to, I don't know, J.C. Penney's to, to buy silks, to make clothes for the deities, uh, outfits for the deities. So you want to go to J.C. Penney's and... Um, and the map says, J.C. Penney's 151. And that's obscure in and of itself. But at least the map says, you are here. So you're like, oh, J.C. Penney's there, but I'm not even on the same floor. I'm on the ground floor, so I need to go up one floor and then go down the aisle. And J.C. Penney's right on top of McDonald's. Uh, but then there's somebody next to you who, suppose you've never seen a map in your life, tells you, well, it's not on top of McDonald's and there's no number 151. Like if you go to J.C. Penney's, it's not a, um, um, a blue square with 151 written on the floor. It's a representation. It's a map representation of a 3D world. And J.C. Penney's not on top of McDonald's. As a matter of fact, it's next to McDonald's. So um, the Guru help is both a map and the one next to you. It just tells you what is what and what does everything mean. Talking about the landscape and the path, you know, the way to go and, and the direction, there is in fact a guru called Vartama Pradarshaka Guru. Vartama means path. Pradarshaka means he who, cause, he who causes you to see. 
And guru means guru. <laughs> so the guru who shows you the path. It could be anything. It could be, you know, Tony the guru. Those of you who know Brahmadas, he's fond of talking about Tony the guru, somebody in the 60s or 70s who was just preaching to a bunch of other hippies. But, you know, uh, I, I can't remember if he was preaching from the Bhagavad Gita, but it's just anybody who tells you that one thing that makes you go, huh, and just changes your life, your outlook on life, he puts you on the path. So that's the name for it. Of course, it could be some more substantial uh, piece of information and knowledge that they give you. But that would be it. Vartama Pradarshaka Guru. And in general, the Guru is the one who shows you the path, who shows you the goal, just like the earth does. If uh, Imagine if the, the, the landscape was all the same. You know, imagine you're in the, not even in the desert, but in the ocean. I don't know if you saw that movie, what's it called? I didn't like it one bit at the end. Somebody stranded in a, in a boat with a tiger and some Indian guy, something about life, whatever. You'll know the title if you know what I'm talking about. At My some point he was in this boat surrounded by nothing, not even waves, just still water. Blue sky, blue water, no point of reference. I guess the, the, the sun would be a point of reference. But imagine if the earth was like that. It's not. It's variegated. And um, that's another point. Variegatedness of the land reminds you of the potential in uh, spiritual life, the variegatedness of uh, Vrindavan. If we really want to stretch it. But yeah, we can think of the earth and our mind can go to Vrindavan. How lucky is that? How fortunate are we? Uh, and Vrindavan is um, linked or very strongly connected with the Guru. You know, the Guru is Vrindavan and Vrindavan is the Guru because it's a land of service, as Sridhar Maharaj says. Um, Vrindavan is not a geographical land. It's more of a state of being, a, a vibration, a frequency in consciousness. And the Guru tells you how to vibrate at that consciousness by developing a service mentality. So in that way, the Guru embodies the ideal and the frequency that Vrindavan vibrates at. Every grand, grain of sand vibrates with service, with, is oriented towards the pleasure of Krishna or the divine couple or Krishna his associates so that's how it's said that um, the Guru is Vrindavan or Vrindavan is the Guru because they're both very much the embodiment of uh, service to Krishna so that's a nice way um, let's see it's already 10.10 we have 20 minutes is there anybody who has a question or would like the conversation to go in a certain direction or would like me to explain something better or deeper I thought I would give you 20 minutes instead of 10 otherwise I have um, I can keep talking I just thought I would reach out at this point so let's see we talked about solidity and um, perseverance and um, the we talked about nishta and shraddha all qualities that are very intrinsic to the earth to this um, heaviness, forbearance. The points that the Bhagavatam does are more along these lines, forbearance, 
um, tolerance, acceptance. The earth is stricken by lightning and it just takes it. Um, on the other hand, it, it doesn't take it, it's not affected. What is one lightning doing to all of the earth? So we should do the same in, uh, in the face of any adversity that happens in our life. Just remember of the earth, it rains on it, it gets cracked by the sun, um, you know, everything happens on earth and it's there, there to stay. That's another good um, teaching to keep in mind. No matter what happens to us, we should just um, take it in stride and keep going. So let's see what else I was talking about. Beginnings, birth. Um, we talked about the beginning of um, how the Guru is at the beginning. Adao Guru Ashraya, taking shelter of the Guru. We talked about the um, say uh, ubiquity of the earth, how intrinsic it is to our experience and uh, how we should live in Guru Seva like that. Okay, one thing that came to my mind is that going back to the tarot, the earth and the air are not mm, compatible. Go, uh, so for those of you who don't know, in the tarot, there's not much talk of ether. There are some some cards that can be referring to that, but there the actual suits are um, earth, fire, water, and air. So air and earth are not compatible because if you think about it, they're the actual opposite of one another. The air we don't even see it. Yes, we breathe it, but uh, which is actually an important point I'm about to make in a few seconds, but. <clears throat> The earth is solid, it doesn't move, and um, the air goes everywhere, we don't even see it. And in the middle, who is there? Man, right? Uh, our life is intrinsically connected with the earth element, but we're not moles, we don't live in the earth. We stand on earth, but we have to breathe air. So it kind of goes to show that the human... Uh, expression of consciousness, if you take every material body as an expression of consciousness, the human one is right between the animality, or say the animal nature, which is pervaded by eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, so very much based on the body, preserve the body, protect the body, feed the body, and multiply the bodies, etc. And the divinity. The soul has nothing to do with matter whatsoever. And in the human body, the divine nature that we all have as souls, because like I said, we're like atoms of, the, of consciousness, and the animal nature that we draw from our physical body that just draws to matter, matter draws towards matter, and so the material body draws to the preservation of the body, to the multiplication of these bodies, and the protection of the body. Is, uh, so these two natures, the divine one and the animal one, are found in man, who's right between earth 
and air is uh, standing on earth but breathing air so uh, that's another thing that could go very deep you're just there standing on earth standing in your garden and 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 having deep realizations about the nature of earth the nature of air sorry i'm going horse again <clears throat> not that horse <clears throat> Good luck translating that. <clears throat> um, so yeah, you could be standing in your garden and have deep realizations on earth and its nature, on air, on human nature, and you know, and and all this in relation to the divine. And what puts in relation to the divine is the guru. So that's pretty much going to be the tone of all my classes about these um, 24 gurus because what I call the overarching teaching is at the base of all this. Um, let's see, so land, we talked about the land as landscape and uh, orientation, point of reference, and terrain, so dharma, you do your dharma, dharma that means sustenance and uh, how it sustains humanity, just like the earth sustains us. And um, so was I saying orientation and the path? And then... We talked about the solidity. And... The fact that we're all in it together. So harmony... We talked about the Aborigines thinking that they perceive themselves as the children of Earth, just like the kangaroo, just like the sacred mountain. And uh, that in and of itself is a very important um, teaching or attitude to have. So I was talking about, at some point I was talking about space and Mars and the, the telescope. Unfortunately, I can't remember the point I was going to make. There is, however, a word among the ones that came to my mind, which is exploration. <clears throat> so, yeah, we we're talking about the infinite potential. It's funny that if you think in terms of like, if you, re if you reduce reality to the most basic core of, like, spirit and matter, <clears throat> the uh, spirit or consciousness has infinite potential and matter has zero potential. I got to be careful because if, as an Italian, to me this is zero and to most of you this is three, which baffles me, but whatever. No, I mean zero, not, not three. Um... Zero potential. Now, um, I forget who, somebody in the West was saying, I think Einstein, we owe it to the Indians or to India or to the Hindus for not only coming with these numbers, because, you know, before the, um, these numbers, which are called Arabic, they're actually Indians. We had Roman numbers, which are not very practical. So just the advent of those numbers brought into Europe uh, into the West, uh, the Christian world, through the Muslim, was already a, a major breakthrough. But above all, we owe everything to India for the concept of zero and infinite. 
Because, you know, mathematics, everything, astrology, medicine, everything in the Vedas has an agenda, has a spiritual agenda, has, um, again, an absorption in the infinite, in the absolute. It starts from that realm and it brings everything back to that. Even in grammar, um, the verbs are memorized in the third person singular. I was saying dharani comes from the verb dharati. Dharati means he sustains or she sustains. And it, I'll go back to the original point, but it's interesting how, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in um, modern grammars, I think all based on Latin, I don't know how Greek used to work, but it's like I, sticking with the verbs, verb hold, I hold, you hold, he holds, we hold, you hold, they hold. So the very, the most immediate re, um, experience somebody has is of themselves. So every verb starts in relation to me. I hold, I am, I have. And then you re realize that there's somebody else in the world. And you're like, oh, you hold. And then you tell the other person that there is somebody else he holds. Whereas in Sanskrit, there's a practical reason why the, the, the verbs are in the third person singular, because it shows how the verb behaves and it may, it may not be apparent in the first person. But um, it kind of shifts the paradigm. It all starts from tat, you know. The, the verbs, are, the, the Vedas are always about om, tat, sat, tat, tvamasi. There's always this tat which just means that, it. And um, like I said, the Vedas always start from that dimension, that consideration of that, of the absolute. And it always brings you back to that. So the verbs, the conjugation of verbs is actually he does, you do, I do. I don't remember the order, but anyway, it was a point worth uh, analyzing. So... Uh, that's grammar. What was I talking about? Infinite. So even in mathematics, they uh, started to analyze the material physical world in mathematical terms. And because it's like aporosheia, as we um, uh, understand and believe, this knowledge comes down, trickles down from the absolute point, clearly comes with the concept of zero and infinite. <clears throat> The Greeks, the Sumerians, they were all about counting the sheep, counting the gold, counting the soldiers. Why would you count no soldiers? And who would conceive of infinite soldiers? It's just, it was just not in their um, experience of reality. Whereas in, in Vedic mathematics, they have this concept of zero and infinite. And that's why I was saying, uh, and that's one of the ways that this is applied. Uh, spirit has infinite potential and zero has and matter has zero potential compared compared to to consciousness however if we take it down a couple of notches uh earth has infinite potential compared to air because like i said everything originates on earth this is all in relate you know the vedas you know that the, the bhagavatam is not the same everywhere there's a bhagavatam for the demigods and the Bhagavatam for Earth. So the earthly exp experience is for human beings. Uh, human beings are the ones who are the most eligible to engage in spiritual life and actively, you know, a fish can, can get the benefit of spiritual life. But I mean, human nature, human life, for the reasons I said before, 
is the best candidate for that. So the Bhagavatam is for human beings, and human beings, um, um, what was I saying? Function, act, and depend on earth. So, as such, so from that viewpoint, earth has infinite potential. Like I said, every seed, everything that happens, happens on, on earth. And then, of course, the concept of uh, terrain, which I've made. Now I think I'm running out of um, things to say because uh, I didn't write them down. But it's also 1026, so I'm going to give... Let me see if there is uh, if there are questions on YouTube, because last time there were, and I didn't notice. No, there's no one. Okay. So in three minutes, I can only um, recap. Um, but I've been recapping a couple of times. Let me think. I talk and talk and talk. I should um, appreciate how my Gurudev or any speaker actually takes pauses because it's uh, they're quite strategic. I just go on a rant. And, but that's, you know, that's pretty much the way I like to to teach, to, 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 how would you say, to preach, to lecture. To, I just want to be uh, a transparent um, vehicle. Some people do take notes and they really count on them and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, uh, you know, they want to do a good service and they want to, you know, make sure they say everything. To me, kind of comes in my way. I, and I'm not saying my way is better, but I just prefer to say all my prayers and just, identify with being a, a trans, transparent medium. So everything that comes out of my mouth in whatever order it comes. Yes, I've been thinking about it. Like I said, this Avadhuta was not all of a sudden realizing that you, you can see the Guru in a moth. He had spiritual knowledge and spiritual practice. So it's not that I just say a couple of prayers and then I become illuminated. Um, but um, that's pretty much my way so uh you know it falls short when i when i fall you know when i'm three minutes short from the end of the lesson and i and i don't have any notes to look at but um it's pretty much my way and that's um how it is so nothing else is coming to mind let me just um think of everything next time i don't know if we should talk about more expression of the earth like I said, the Bhagavatam mentions the, the mountain and uh, the tree and the concept of tolerance. I'll, I'll, I'll close with one thing that I said last time that was important. A mountain is big, so it's a point of reference. So we as practitioners should be like a mountain, meaning um, you know, tolerating everything, but also knowing that people look to us. Uh, everything happens on the mountain. Um, what was I saying? When you go, well, I'm not going to go there because I don't remember exactly what I said one month ago. But, um, so I, like I said, I don't remember if, I, I don't know if next time I should switch to the next element, which is, um, I mean, if somebody's going to ask me to give class again. But, um, so I don't know if I'll go on with the, air, air, air should be the next element. Or if I should finish up with earth probably not because i ran out of topics i think uh, it was pretty exhaustive um, i gave you a few ideas on uh, how to see the guru in earth and uh, nothing stops me from talking 
you know, about Earth again from the other point of view. Next time we're going to talk about air. So, yeah, I'm going to close here because the time is up. I thank you all, whoever you are, if you are there, for the patience. And um, mostly I thank the translator because I realize I speak really fast. And, uh, but above all, I thank you for the um, opportunity uh, to talk about these things because it's, uh, it's very important and very purifying for you who hear and for me who had to think and say these things. All right, thank you very much. I'm going to close everything now. Sriman Shama Sundar Prabhu Ki Jai. Sri Gurudeva Ki Jai.